Hi, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of The Painted Table, our recap show for Watch or Not with Jay and MJ. I'm Jay. I'm MJ. And today we're recapping the first episode of House of the Dragon, the heirs of the dragon. So first off, before we get into this, how excited are you about Game of Thrones coming back? <laughs> um, so here's the thing. I was very scared that they weren't going to bring like bring us back into the world as quickly as they did. Like I, I was worried mm-hmm. it was going to like meander and try to find itself for like maybe an episode or two. Cause I, I'm assuming it's going to be like 10 episodes or so a season, maybe eight. I would think so. But, uh, that was my one worry. Other than that, I was just super excited to get some more game of Thrones. I have been dying for some more game of Thrones for what? Three years for like, what, what's it been now? It's been three or four. I'm not going to say I've been dying. I have, I will say that I, when I first heard about this, we've said it before. Mm-hmm. When I first heard about this, I was very cautiously optimistic. I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for this, for this, uh, to be disappointed again. You've hurt me once. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for this a second time, but the closer it got, the more I was like, okay, I think I'm really on board with this. So yeah, I am full on excited about this. Well, um, Real so quick, let's just. I was gonna say before we got out, this, people may be listening to this for the first time just because they're into Game of Thrones. So let's just preface: we are going to be talking about spoilers. Yes, we are spoiling, recapping the entire episode, and also to say that this is a capsule kind of project we're doing alongside our normal podcast that drops on Mondays, where we review new shows that we've watched and let you all know if it's a watch or not. For those of you who might be first time listeners and who don't know about the original podcast. Yes, so for anybody out no. there, please tune in, check out the original, but if this is the first like intro into us, that this is what you can get ready for. Spoilers, spoilers, yeah. spoilers. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so first off, um, when, can, can we talk about, so we're going to kick this off, you guys. Let me say first that I was really waiting on an iconic opening theme sequence, and we didn't get that, so I'm hoping that there will be something going forward in the next episodes. Well, and that, okay, and that's what I was. I knew they wouldn't reuse the same music. Obviously, that intro where it's like da na 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 na, that is so iconic. Game of Thrones, the Song of Ice and Fire, that whole story arc, they're not going to reuse that for this. Now, did you catch though? They did use like tidbits of it, like they like they, they teased it in there a little bit. Yes, but, yeah, they they threw in a Casio keyboard here and there in there. <laughs> <laughs> A harp, a harp, if I may. <laughs> you, you, okay, I'll allow it. <laughs> but it, it was just, I, I don't know. I, like you said, I was expecting so much more. Because if you've ever seen the original Game of Thrones, which you should if you haven't, the mm-hmm. intro was so iconic. The whole just zooming over the world, how the map of the world would change based on how the story had progressed. So if a town had been taken down or a castle had been destroyed that castle was then destroyed on that map the next episode Mm -hmm. like i loved that iconic and this is probably the the show that started the way intros are done now like with like daredevil and and all the marvel things on netflix and uh westworld all these shows i feel like took from game of thrones and that was like the quintessential intro to shows now yes i agree i agree um, so without further ado, let's really jump into the, the, the episode itself. So, so we're told at the very beginning that they let us know for MJ's benefit at the very beginning, 
hey, yo, 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 this is what's going on. This is 172 years before Daenerys Targaryen, before the birth of Daenerys Targaryen. So that way we know exactly where we sit in this timeline because we know MJ loves a timeline. He oh, likes to figure out, they wrote he wants to map shit. Yes. MJ wants a map with 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 yarn and and push pins. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just I, I, because I enjoyed the characters so much, and because you heard so much in the original series of like the Mad King. I'm trying to figure out like, is this like the Mad King's great great grandmother? Is this our great great grandfather? Like 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 where like how far away removed from the Mad King are we? So, so all that to say that they put this whole blurb in mm-hmm. the very first 15 seconds of this episode for MJ, and it still didn't satisfy him. So it's fine, it's fine. Um, but they do, they do give us that off the bat, like, hey, this is where we are in time, just so you guys are aware. Um, but they really kind of start off with this really cool thing of where where the the king, the current king, is on is outgoing, like he's about to die. He has no male heirs. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong. Only, we've only watched this once. Um, he has no male heirs, so now he's in a position of where he can, where he actually has a council vote between his eldest daughter, I believe. Is that correct? Yes. So, like you said, he has no male heirs. So when they are, when he's about to die, he brings all of the entire realm, practically anybody who he thinks would have a claim to the throne, to his castle. And in turn, there are 14 people, I think it was 14, that came up with possible, like, claims to the throne, but he only listened to two. One was his eldest offspring, which was his daughter. Uh, Yes, Princess uh, Rhaenys Mm -hmm. Targaryen. Or the eldest male heir, which I believe was his his nephew. Who was Prince Viserys Targaryen. Yes, the first of his name. Not the Viserys we know from the Game of Thrones. The crazy Daenerys is a brother of Daenerys. Right. Viserys. Yeah, yes. So, obviously, the council voted because they're like, you know, fuck ladies. And they mm-hmm. voted to make uh, Prince Viserys the new king when the current king, King, uh, what was it? Jaharis. Jaharis? These names. Oh, exactly. Um, why they, uh, girl, with these names. Um, they must got some African in their blood naming these kids. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but we know that Viserys becomes the new king. And then we do a quick flash forward of nine years into uh, King Viserys' rule. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we start meeting all of our characters, right? So no. I, I don't know if you caught this, and I, I, I was going to ask you because I didn't think about it earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what's like first seen in, we see... Viserys's daughter, the current princess of Dragonstone, flying, Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra, flying in on a dragon. Yes. Was she currently alive at the time when he won the right to be king, or is she only nine years old? You know what? I thought about that, and I don't think that she's nine. I think, I think, because we know that, the because uh, in the in the first scene we know that. Um, Prince Viserys's wife is pregnant, mm-hmm. but we also learn later that she's been with child five times. Yes, and and I feel like we may have missed it because I think that um, um, Rhaenyra was was alive. I just don't think she was in the opening scene. That's what I'm assuming. Unless we unless we missed her. Yeah, and I, I'm probably gonna go back and rewatch it just because again it's 
Game of Thrones. It's it's the first time I've had something new for a while. But that's one thing I was trying to take away is is was she actually alive at the time? Because I, again, I don't know coming of age in things because I'm assuming they wouldn't even think about heirs and things of that nature until they're like what 17 16 i don't know what coming of age is in this era right so yes i definitely agree that we're trying to figure out how old she is and and honestly you could really kind of look at this um i, I believe if you go back to like a wiki for rainier i believe she's about to be 16 so maybe okay. 14 15 16 years old maybe makes sense um so I guess we're to believe that she was alive um, at the time of Chris Viserys being voted to be king. Um, but I think it really depends on on, on who you ask. But I want to I want to figure out who that is for that is specifically. But yes, we're introduced to 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 Rhaenyra, uh, Princess Rhaenyra, who you know obviously is giving me she is giving me like this nice little perfect mix of Sansa and Arya where she's not necessarily a tomboy but you can tell she's strong-willed like Arya but she's also a lady like Sansa. Well, she, I'm getting that from her. She definitely like the first scene when she's talking about like coming down from like on her dragon and obviously she likes to be out with her dragon. She mm-hmm. comments that I would rather like when she like it's like after that scene she goes to meet her mother who's still currently pregnant still trying to give her her husband an heir a male heir. But mm-hmm. she makes the comment of, I would rather, instead of being a wife and bearing children, I would rather go off to battle and fight. Right. And this is where her mother tells her in in a, a really cool, you know, way of like, hey, you know, us women being married and having babies is our battle. That is our battlefield. Um, which is kind of a weird way to say it. But like, you know, back in that in, in this supposed time. You know, that's true. Women didn't go off the battle. They are there to to give birth, you know, and to mm-hmm. produce these children, which is something that I think we forget is, you know, not easy to do in those times, the limited amount of resources they have. Like how easy, I mean, people die in childbirth. Children die after being born. Like it's it's not an easy thing, just like war. You know, you, don't all, you might not come back from war for the same reason. So I think that parallel is really really cool of how she said that that's that this is kind of like our battle no i completely agree and it was it's 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 a parallel and a a comparison i've never thought of actually because again Mm -hmm. like you said in the world we live in it's kind of i mean knock on wood for whoever is having kids and everything it's it's almost a guarantee that you're going to have a baby one way or another pretty much now it's it's, the death rate is very low Mm -hmm. right Um, um and then I guess we could we could kind of quickly we could we could go into like um, so for those of you old Game of Thrones fans, do we see any of our previous houses? Not at the moment. We've seen them in a very 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 limited capacity. We did see a Stark, we did see a Baratheon, um, but I believe the families we're really looking at right now are really the Targaryens for the most part, the Valerians, and the High Towers. Um, mm-hmm. There's a couple of are really. People. Yeah, like the one guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you're correct. So we're not seeing in the big family. So you guys, as the story progresses in in this particular episode, like it's we really are kind of at this point now where we're holding our breath, waiting for the king and his uh, his wife, uh, Queen Ama, I believe, right? Um, yes, I to believe that's correct. Give 
yes, to give birth and hopefully having a male heir. And this is where we kind of see, you know, we're having this tournament. We kind of, you know, are introduced to a couple other characters, but they're having this tournament to celebrate the birth of his child that hasn't happened yet. And this is where we see this cool juxtaposition of a battle going on between Prince Damon Targaryen, who is Viserys's brother, um, and um, another one of the Jousters, who I believe is a, is, is a Prince of Dorne. Mm-hmm. And they they cut this in with you know with the birth, the labor that turns into a C-section that is very graphic might I add yes uh so yeah it, it's like the last fight or joust of the entire ter- of the, like the name day tournament so they were having it mm-hmm. in, in honor of the newborn child of mm-hmm. this dynasty um but like the way the king started off the tournament I thought like just it did not bode well when he literally starts bragging he decides to have the name day tournament even though they can't guarantee the birth of the child mm-hmm. at the same time. Like you're, right. you're playing with fate here. Like you're, you're just rolling the dice being like, nah, it's good. It's going to happen. I have no worries. And I'm like, that's the point where I was like, nope, you shouldn't have said that. Right. So this is where they give him the choice, you know, Hey, you can either lose them both your wife and your child, or we can, you know, do a C-section and try to save the baby. And obviously, because he is so, he needs that male heir. He chooses to save the baby. And oh, this was, this is what I knew. This is this is when this really grabbed me. Was I was like, and not just because it was so violent, but I was like, oh, they're going full tilt into well, this. It's the fact that so, and, and and let me paint a picture for the people listening. Like, literally, you come in and he, the king, rushes to his wife's side because she's been in labor for so long. She's not delivered yet. You come in. You get told, baby's breach. Baby's feet are first. Can't come out that way. So she tries pushing for a couple more hours while the jousting and the tournament's going on. And then, as you said, the, the, the doctor at the time comes in and goes, we can save one or none. Like, you're, you have no, you have your options here. Mm-hmm. Um, and 50-50, at that point, I, I get it. Like, either they're both going to die or only one's going to die. And that's having half is still better than none. But right. the fact of the matter is he doesn't tell his wife. He doesn't say goodbye. He doesn't like that's the part that like choked me up a little bit. Like the fact that how can you sit here and look at your wife and not at least just tell her what's about to happen? The fact that you just said they're about to bring the baby out and just went into it. Right. Like I would assume and I'm not a lady or a woman, um, but I would assume that if you told her the story, if you told her what was going to happen, that she I would think that she would say, we'll, we'll try to save the baby, mm-hmm. save the child. Exactly. Maybe that's what she would say. But she was fully surprised. And I think it's like, it's where you see that, like, yes, this is her battlefield, but it, it still isn't her battlefield. Like, she still has to, she still has to worry about what a man says about her. Mm-hmm. Or, had he, I mean, you know, like, he couldn't have consulted her about the decision or anything. He just made the decision. So even her her battle was taken from her. So, you know, not surprisingly, she dies from blood loss. But then the other part that really is surprising is that the baby is a boy, but only lives a few hours. So he still lost them both. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then cut to the and, next scene, which you, you don't know, like you guess the baby died, but you don't know till the very next scene. Yeah. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't guess. I was just kind of like, Oh, okay. We're all just really sad, but this is where we're going to talk about Prince Damon Targaryen because Damon, um, in this moment 
looks racked with guilt. Not guilt, but looks, you know, with well, he looks sad. He looks really, really super, super sad and, you know, tries to comfort Rhaenyra in a way. Well, he and actually is trying cares to really, for his family. Like, he, like, like, that's his thing. Like, he's there for his family. He loves them with all of his heart. And he's mm-hmm. he's sad for his brothers and his his you know niece's loss, right? But when you when we first meet Damon, Damon is you know the head of the City Watch, and what I first thought is I was like he's gonna be the demented crazy, a la Reese or uh, what was it a, a la Bolton of the original series because yeah. you know guys as a, as a city as the the owner not the owner but the head of the City Watch. He was like, we're going to punish thieves. He was cutting out people's junks, their hands, their arms, dismembering people, basically, in fuel view of everybody to make people fear fear the city watch. And I was like, oh, he's nuts. Like, he's full-on crazy. But then I really think he thought what he was doing was the correct thing because he really is – you could tell he's soft and that he really does, like, in this moment, really does care about his family. And I'm like – I really need to figure out what his what what what's up with him. Like, what is his deal? Like, he's the one I'm really leaving this with a question mark on. Like, what's his like? I don't understand what he wants. I but feel like, he, I, he is. It, like later on in the episode, I feel like they like really explain it. At least to me, they did that. It's not that he what he wants is he wants the same amount of love he's willing to give his family, like love in quotation marks give him back to him. He doesn't want to feel like he has to earn it or fight for something. He wants to be given that, that right. Like, like he does talk to his brother later on. Like, why did you never make me your hand? I'm your brother. I should have been your automatic choice. No question. Right. Right. So, so that, so this is when you guys, so this is where, you know, we've obviously got, uh, and the hand of the King is, uh, is Otto Hightower, I believe in Otto Hightower and Prince David do not see out of eye. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's that that's there. Um, we 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 know that. And Otto, as we said, is the hand of the king. And after the baby dies, now they're in the same predicament that um, the previous king was in. Was like, you don't have a male heir. What what would happen is that it would go to your your oldest male heir or oldest male finger, which would be Prince Damon. And Hightower, Otto Hightower is fully against that. He's like, look what he did with the City Watch. Look how angry and aggressive he was at the tournament. Like, at the tournament, he lost, obviously, and then wanted to, like, sword fight because he's an egotistical maniac. Like, that's what he comes across as. But he's like, he's unpredictable. How could you make him king? And King Viserys is like, but he's my brother, you know? Mm-hmm. Until... Until what do we hear happens? Otto Hightower comes through with some interest for some information. What happens? And Jay, tell him what happened. Oh, so the night that his nephew died, like the literally the night of the funeral, he's at a local pleasure house with all of his. He bought out the pleasure house. He bought out the pleasure house like it was a Chuck E. Cheese, y'all. Oh, yeah. Bought it out. Bought it out. (laughs) There with the rest of his city watch and literally starts toasting in memory of. What was it exactly? The king for a day? Yes, but oh. I don't I don't believe we actually hear Prince Damon say that. We know that he gives a speech and mm-hmm. then Otto Hightower does go to King Viserys and say he called him the prince for a day. And then he so we don't like know other people. Yes, and that he verified it. So we don't know. Otto Hightower could be playing the game because already playing the game. 
his daughter, Alicent, who is really good friends with Rhaenyra, he remember he uh he told her, Hey, you should go comfort the king. And she's like, What the hell would I say? Like, I'm a child. Like the <laughs> night his wife died, he's like, Go to his room, do whatever it is, just just be with him. And I'm just like Comfort him. You are literally selling your daughter to the king. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's playing games. So I don't know. Maybe Prince Damon didn't say that, but I would have thought that if he didn't, he would have, he would have, um, he would have declined or said, "No, I didn't say that." When King Viserys did, you know, confront him about it. So I guess we'll say that Prince Damon said it, but I'm a little weird out by that. But yes, King Viserys like banishes him. Basically, uh, Prince Damon is married to the Queen of the Vale. Mm-hmm. Um, so he basically says, "Hey." Leave my fucking city. Pack up, take your shit, get out. Girl, get your shit. Get your shit. Wait in the exhale style. Let me shut your car on fire, get your shit, and get out. Um, um, but yes, and he's not happy about it. No, he's not because the next thing you see is he's getting his dragon from like the dragon keep and taking, shockingly, the because he made the joke earlier, and I don't even mention this, like the women in the veil are ugly, and he doesn't apparently love his wife, so he takes the hooker he's been screwing for the last little bit with him back to the veil. Girl, he took his, he took his side piece. He said, oh, come yeah. on, girl, whose na- who's, who's name? We don't know. We know her as hooker. Exactly. That's what she is to me. I don't know her name. Actually, look into the cast listing. Her name might be Masaria, mm. but I don't know. I'm like, girl, I'm like, you think your side piece? On the dragon? Okay, whatever. Have fun. Uh, but yes, he, he packed up his shit and left. So now they're in a position of where who's going to be the new heir? And they decided that King Viserys could actually name his new heir, which is something they haven't done. Yes. Well, they, yeah. they almost tried to play at that in the very beginning with his the king prior to him. I think the whole thing was the king did the Grand Council to make it seem more official so there wouldn't be as much pushback. So like this, where he's just naming his heir, that's what's going to cause mm-hmm. some of the pushback. It's like you didn't go through the like grand motions of having the Grand Council determine who should be king or queen or the, the new ruler of the, of the realm. Right. Which to be fair, I think the, I think his, his thought is also like, well, it is my oldest heir. It is my oldest heir. That's who it should be. Not just the male, but it's my oldest child who we know is princess Rhaenyra. Exactly. So he names, he names princess Rhaenyra as, uh, his heir and all of his, you know, people in court, you know, swear fealty, which we best receive Baratheons. That's where we see some of the Starks or one of the Starks. Um, and he tells Rhaenyra of the song of ice and fire. Yeah. You know, to kind of, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Was it the dream that one of the Targaryens prior to them had about the like coming in of the world. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So she, he tells her about this. So the prophecy that's passed down from person, from king to king, you know, to say, yo, 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 it is your job to keep the peace within the seven kingdoms so that when this happens, we're all together kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how the first episode ends is with her being, you know, kind of crowned as heir she's the crowned queen well all the all the houses are like swearing fealty they're bending the knee Mm -hmm. as as if we can take Mm -hmm. a thing from like the last one where Jon snow wouldn't bend the knee they're all bending the knee and you can tell like the baratheons and some of the other ones weren't super feeling it they were a little hesitant yeah i think it was specifically the baratheon one was like what the hell i don't know about this bitch i don't know about this hell um so that's mostly the episode so let's let's go through and let's do some some call outs for 
what were some of who really was some of your favorite parts or favorite people in this first episode like who right now is like one of your favorite characters that you like you're kind of like i like that person if we can say that at this at this early of a of a, of a meeting just because he's kind of like a conundrum, I'm going to say Damon. Like like the crazy brother who you don't know what his, his motives really are. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he wants to rule. He wants power. He's ambitious. They say that throughout the whole show. But is it that he wants power or he wants family? Like, I, I want more of him. Like, that's the person I'm like, you know what? I want to know more. You know who I'm really intrigued by and I want to see how he develops because he was only in this episode sparingly is Sir Harold Westerling. And he is played by Graham McTavish, who, for you Outlander fans, I love Graham McTavish. So he is Sir Harold Westerling. And to me, I don't know what his title is, but I feel like he is kind of like Princess Rhaenyra's like personal guardian almost. He's, he's a white cloak. He's one of the king's guard that it guards princess. Okay, I missed that. Good. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I want to see if he's like, is he her, uh, her Sir Jorah? Is that what he is? You know, kind like of, I would say. So I don't know yet. So I kind of want to know what's up with him um, as far as that goes. But he was very interesting to me just because I know who he is. So I want to see how they use him. Um, we'll also go through and say, do you have any predictions for future episodes? Not at the moment. I, I don't want to sit there and, and have any predictions because there's just so much, so many new people, so much new information. I don't have enough mm-hmm. to compile to come up with really any like justifiable or solid guesses. I have one. Okay. One prediction. I have a prediction that Mr. Otto Hightower, Hand of the King, is going to befell something, you know, something crazy. I don't know yet. And he's going to end up either dying or not being able to be Hand of the King. And King Viserys is going to feel so bad about how he treated Prince Damon that he's going to bring Prince Damon in to be the, the Hand of the King. And that's where we're going to start seeing some shit. See, I feel like it's it's gonna be. You already have Damon's, like as they said, his army of like two thousand strong. The the city watch mm-hmm. already mm-hmm. in place, and you have the possibility the Knights of the Vale, which we've seen in the current game or the old Game of Thrones series, are strong and and have the ability to like hold their own. I think he's just he's already ready to prime. The powder keg is lit. It's just waiting to explode. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting. I think that's what's gonna happen. But you know, if I'm wrong, I'll be happy about it. So before we wrap up. Let us rate this inaugural pilot episode of Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, The Heir of the Dragons. If we had to rate this from one dragon to ten. <laughs> okay. From one fireball to ten. I don't know. How do you want to do this? Uh, um, on a scale of one to ten, we'll, we'll figure out the like the, the cliche, you know, little thing <laughs> a little second. Right. Um, so from one to ten, how would you rate this first episode? I'm going to give it a solid seven and a half. You read my brain. I'm giving it a solid seven and a half as well. I think it is, it's definitely like enough for me to be like, okay, I want to come back. I want to come back. I will be rejoining. Um, but I think you, I, I think you can't go lower than that. I don't think you can, you can say this is a 10. It just, it just didn't blow me away like that. But it, I, 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 I do like it. It got me hooked. It got me brought back in. But like you said, like like you can't start a ten because you have nowhere to go, especially if other episodes are better. But it's not it's not a five. It wasn't like a subpar episode. And the fact that they did a full C section on screen pretty much in front of everybody 
like mm-hmm. was shocking mm-hmm. and like i couldn't take my eyes away because i'm like oh, what am i watching but it was also part of the one was like what am i watching and that's kind of like my i might have let it low lower because like they're normally when something like that pops up normally there's warnings on the screen before the show starts or like if you have triggers or this is very bloody or gory there was none of that this time well i know it's it, it said nudity strong social con- I, I i think i think if you're watching this you can kind of you can kind of assume that there's going to be some shit and if you think Tentacles about it, let me ask you, <laughs> but let me ask you this is, is, I mean, cause you, you said that because, you know, you weren't ready for the C-section part of it, but they were chopping off arms and hands earlier in the episode. So what makes this any different? I don't know. I'm not it, invalidating it was, your, I'm not invalidating your feelings. I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just drawing a parallel here. It seemed more personal. I, I, I get you, but I'm just trying to draw a parallel here. You know, I you like it. to do that to me sometimes. You get it. Um, I'm going to agree, seven and a half. Um, but I am excited about the future weeks to come. Oh, yes. I'm actually I'm actually really excited about the future weeks to come. <laughs> I cannot wait till next Sunday. Oh, I'm so excited. I know, I'm like, this is giving me something to look forward to every week. So I cannot wait. Um, any closing thoughts? Uh, just thank everybody for listening to our inaugural episode of The Painted Table. I hope this was extremely enlightening. Again, we went through spoilers. We're going to go through spoilers the next couple episodes. I don't think we spilled everything. We still left some secrets, some turns for you. It's not, it's, it's such a deep episode. If we wanted to go into like a deep, deep dive, it would be much more than 30 minutes. Yeah, we didn't want to, we didn't want to get that deep, you guys, because we could analyze and overanalyze this show till the cows come home, till the dragons come home. But we have decided, you know, let's keep it short and sweet, give our thoughts, give a slight little overview and be like, boom, 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 we're done. You know, we're already giving y'all content every week. We can't be doing all this like that. You know, we can't be doing full-fledged episodes. But as the season goes on, these make it longer, depending on what kind of shit we're coming up on, because I do think we're going to step in some shit. I agree completely. <laughs> all right cool all right well you guys thank you for listening to the first episode we will catch you all next wednesday and don't forget to check out our regularly scheduled episodes dropping every monday so we'll talk to you guys soon all right bye you've been listening to watch or not with jay and mj interact and give us suggestions on what to watch at watch or not podcast at gmail.com you can follow us on Twitter at watchornot underscore pod. And don't forget about Instagram, you guys, at watchornotpod. Don't forget you can support the pod by joining our Patreon at watchornot with J and MJ. And subscribe and leave a review wherever you guys listen to podcasts. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.